<laughs> but the good thing was we're traveling, so he had like a change of clothes yeah. right there. And it yeah. wasn't his car that he peed on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is, this was a mistake. I'm Martha Ellen. I'm Josh. I'm Shelby. And today we're joined by... I'm I'm Sarah Shine. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> we're so glad to have you. Sarah, welcome to the show. <laughs> what, uh, what, I was going to say, what brings you here today? <laughs> a text message from Martha Ellen. <laughs> Oh. We got some giggles. What going. brings you to the show today, Sarah? <laughs> well, about a week ago, I got a text from Martha Ellen saying, about "Do you want to be on the show?" And here I am. Tell, Tell us about, about yourself. yourself. <laughs> Tell us about yourself. Okay, collective group of people. <laughs> Who the fuck are ya? <laughs> um, okay. Why are you on my bed? Well, it all started. <laughs> well, it all started in 1991. Uh, oh, young. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and we'll fast for fast forward. We'll fast forward to I don't know 2018. Yeah, sounds good. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm from South stuff. Florida. Okay, um, and then everybody says, but like where? And then I say Belgrade, and then they say where's that? Where's that? And then I say, well, that's why I said South Florida. So my home city is <laughs> West Palm Beach, oh. but I grew up. On Lake Okeechobee. Um, Lake Okeechobee. <laughs> Lake, Lake Okeechobee. It's yeah. very fun to spell and say. Uh-huh. Um, there's a music festival that I think I canceled, actually. Oh, gosh. Oh. Sloss <sighs> Yeah, that's what I was about to say. R.I.P. This is, they did, the people who did Bonnaroo did an Okeechobee music festival, and people okay. loved it, but it was, everybody around there was like, who wants was to go there? Rockachobee. No, it was Okeechobee <laughs> Music Festival, yeah. but that's a real missed opportunity. It is. That's probably why it got canceled. They wanted to start fresh. Yeah, they needed a better name. name. They're like Rockachobee. The branding mm-hmm. was awful. Whatever. Okay. Um, went to Auburn. Started in two thousand nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stayed for way too long until oh, I graduated same. in two thousand fourteen. I started, actually started in journalism and then Mm. switched to psychology Mm. and then um, didn't think I wanted to go to grad school and freaked out and because I was going to graduate a year early. So I decided it was best to pick a major that forced me to add four more years. (laughs) Um, So I do, I got a dual degree in graphic design. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah. And then, so graduated in that in... Then you're like, I'm totally done with school. I'm never doing that again. Yes, that's what I felt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's that's foreshadowing to the listeners. <laughs> so, went and worked in Birmingham for um, three months as an intern at a design firm. So, I came to Birmingham 100% like... I'm not staying in Birmingham. I'm not going to be the person who like flows into Birmingham and never leaves. Mm. Like, give me the fuck out. Yeah. And I was really homesick. So I just like up and left. I thought I was going to move to Jacksonville where my grandpa lived. And then I realized the only person I knew there was my grandpa. (laughs) And and he like constantly had people coming in the house and I was trying to freelance. And so like nothing got done. So I moved home to where my dad was and started working at a mall and selling 
fresh handmade cosmetics. Oh. <laughs> and uh, yep. Worked, really? Yeah, I worked at Lush for a year. Kind of just like bailed on being an adult for a year and hung out with my like actually made new friends, not just my I had a couple <laughs> high school friends. But mostly, like, made new friends through my job and just decided to check out on everything. And um, a friend of mine called me. So I moved home in, like, we'll say G- we'll say June. And then I, like, traveled for, like, two mm. months straight. Where'd you go? Um, went, I was in three, or I was, had to go to three weddings in three weekends that were in different Ooh. parts of the country. Oh, wow. yeah, that's fun. It was really fun. I came back very poor and like <laughs> did th- that was my first experience of sleeping when you're hungry. You know, you're yeah. just like, you I need food. So I'm going to go take a nap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just push through. <laughs> you wake up. You're fine. Yeah. Um, which in retrospect, I was at my dad's house. He was in Australia, but there was food there. Yeah. I was just prideful. You know, right. I was like, didn't want to ask for help. So about, I guess, April of the next year, my one of my best friends had been going through some stuff with her marriage, and um, she she really, like, fought that whole year, and finally in April, she was just like, this may work out or it may not, but either way, I'm, like, not helping him by letting him come home whenever, so we're just, and I knew... At that moment, I was like, okay, where are we going? Because I had nothing happening in my life. Um, And she said Birmingham. And I was like, no. She was in Auburn at the time. And I was like, okay, but like, but like anywhere. Like we could go anywhere. And the whole idea was we're going to move for a year and figure out our lives and what we want. Because I had tried freelancing, but I, I just am not. I don't like working for clients. I didn't like making branding for um frivolous things like I just thought like some of our projects were just it was like a ten thousand dollar cornhole set and I and I was just kind of like was it made out of gold no just oak (laughs) just oak just oak and my boss came in and was like if you don't love this then you don't love design I was like well, that's kind of the conclusion I'm coming to. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to tell people to buy garbage. Like, I think, yeah. like, that's what you're choosing to spend your money on while yeah. people $10, starve. $10,000? For cornhole. Yeah. It, it was just, it was like, we had a bunch of different things like that and other stuff came up. and that, But that kind of pushed me over the edge of just like, this, I feel my soul dying as I like Aww. try to sell like make things to sell this product that I think is just waste and I also found myself being more frustrated because my like boss was not he was correct in the conversations with the client but he was getting frustrated and couldn't communicate and I'm like it says a lot to me that I'm more upset about like I'm like I want to communicate for you like you're saying all the wrong things like this is yeah. totally just like two frustrated people who are yeah who need to get on the same page and could, but because you're being like abrasive, you're not going to ever be on the same page. Mm -hmm. So that those kind of things taught me about myself and what I actually am interested in. Hmm. Worked at Starbucks for a year for health insurance. Hmm. I have to remember that. I'm like, why did I work at Starbucks for a year for health Health insurance? insurance. 
Um, and then talked to somebody about all my hopes and dreams and just like what I was, you know, what I had realized. I realized I liked working with customers more than I liked designing things, even though I didn't get paid anything. Um, and they mentioned looking into social work. So I saw, or, and they said Sanford had a global community development program. And I, cause at first, you know, you're like social work. I don't know. I don't really want to like go take people's kids from them. And that's what most people think of with it. And then I, she just said like, go, just go look up what jobs you can have with a um, master's in social work. And there were just so many doors that were open, um, through different things. And so I just applied to Sanford and I kind of like half, was just like, ah, if I get in, I get in. And then after I got in, I started to get really excited because I realized it's it's about communication. Like, graphic design and social work are both about, yeah. like, humans and yeah. how they communicate and how um, to meet their needs. Right. Um, and in a lot of ways, having having been critiqued and having been taught how to think abstractly has really given me a leg up on a lot of classmates who you know like I also know all the like psychological studies and stuff from having a psych degree but that yeah. that's more like I know what you're talking about when you say Maslow's hierarchy of needs as opposed to like I know how to look at a problem and not think like well this is how we've always approached yeah like yeah, yeah. welfare or something like that and say like designers we think like let's just flip this on its head and like what is the end goal and what what do we need to do based on how people receive information um to get there so yeah that's That's kind of so okay you were talking about how the first thing that people that comes to mind when people think about social work is like taking kids from them Mm -hmm. what kind of focus do you like want yeah um so my like i said my like degree is kind of global community development Mm -hmm. um but that really just it means like the macro side of things so instead of my classes being about like sitting one-on-one with individuals and it's interesting looking at the clinical people because they're they look at these issues that we face right now and um they're like wow that's so big and terrifying i'm going to take it one person at a time and all the macro people are like, oh, my gosh, it's so big and terrifying. If we do this one person at a time, we're never going to do anything. Yeah. Um, and so we kind of think more in terms of, like, advocating for um, policy changes and, um, you know, doing – I've done a lot in the past few weeks, done a lot of, like, policy briefs. So reading into things like bills that are being proposed around um, DACA. I did a big brief on that Um, and kind of digging into like, what does DACA mean? What are all these bills? Why hasn't anything been passed? What's the culture around it? And I love that's kind of where the journalism desire comes from is it's that's cool. It ties in. Yeah. And I love that. Uh, The reason I didn't do journalism is because everybody hates journalists, (laughs) like investigative journalists. So I get to be kind of like a scholarly investigative journalist who just like publishes something and doesn't have to deal with the like public screen. There's no opinion to it. It's just like here are the solid facts. You're like a justice worker. Yeah. That's put that on my resume. Just Sarah Shine justice worker. What's your Enneagram, Sarah? It's a three. Okay. What is that? Two wing. I, Achiever. 
Achieve yeah. It. So basically I have to con I know my it's like the biggest fear is not like validating your existence. Mm. So that's kind of like it, that spoke to me a lot with my Enneagram was just like I feel like I have to justify my the space I occupy. Mm-hmm. It's not the healthiest thing, but you know, it kind of drives I mean, a lot of what I do. To do good things then yeah. it's a good thing. Yeah, and it's something just being – I like the Enneagram. I'm not, like, super into it, but mm-hmm. being aware of it reminds me kind of, like, but you don't. Like, you don't have to justify yeah. the space yeah. you occupy on this planet. But I do know going into jobs, like I was telling one of my professors who was pushing me kind of in a more um, corporate direction, I was like, at the end of the day, I need, like, an altruistic aspect to what I do because I know myself enough to know if I'm just, like, helping companies – like know how to sell better products i'm just back where i started and i need to feel like what i'm doing has like i guess like moral significance yeah not like i'm gonna change the world but just to know i'm like chiseling away at something yeah so career-wise what are you leaning towards like what (laughs) what is you don't know i don't know okay so i guess going a little further into what i'm doing like in in January, I'll be moving to Atlanta, and um, I just I'm so I I'm a believer, and I have a lot a pretty strong faith um, that maybe is expressed a little differently than other people. But I feel like doors keep opening, and I just keep saying yes. Like ever yeah. since I moved here, ever since like my friend called me and said, like I need to leave and there was something in my spirit that was just like, where are we going? Like she didn't have to ask. And that was the question she was going to. Um, I just keep trying to be like obedient and say yes to things that I feel are what I need to do. Um, and so I've never really been like super passionate about refugees or like immigration issues. I grew up with a ton of, um, like a huge Hispanic population that was pretty diverse um so they came from different backgrounds so like of course i love people who have a history with immigration mm-hmm. um but uh i never thought i would be working with refugees so in the spring i'll be working with world relief in atlanta and they do refugee resettlement um and it'll be interesting because the policies around funding mm-hmm. <laughs> um i don't know if you guys know this but our administration um doesn't necessarily love immigrants what? or what are you about? or Who migrants or refugees or asylees that? i don't it's just a, a rumor news, i heard the news told you so <laughs> we've cut down from i think obama's last year in office there was 140 um i'm bad with like remember 140,000 million 140,000 million? I don't know if that's right. <laughs> that's a, and it got cut down to 22,000 million oh, refugees dang. that'll be accepted. So whichever one that is, that's both. <laughs> one feels really less. small and one feels really big. But I know I mean, those are the both, main numbers. But you see big. that it's more than half. Yeah. Yes. It's like a lot less yeah. that are people that are going to be accepted. So... Um, and it's been kind of chiseling down. That was like the peak year of what we let in, um, in 2016, 15, I think. Um, so they're kind of in this weird transition of shifting what they do. And, um, 
so I'll be stepping in and helping them figure out like maybe writing grants to find more funding mm-hmm. or um, doing some education or extending because refugee resettlement is like a 90 day period of when refugees first come into the U.S. They have to find a job at, or they have to find a home with a certain amount of furniture, like specific furniture for who they're bringing. So like everybody needs a bed and they'll need a couch and like a dining. Like it's weird. The go- the federal government regulates that. That's I understand weird. like a bed. Yeah. I guess it's but to show that like, they're like home. They've established a home. Yeah. Well, um, you also can't get like um, insurance on your house until it's established that you're living there right. or that it's livable. Right. And, and they can find an you, apartment. Yeah. But um, they're given. It's interesting. They're given. The, we don't need to turn this into like refugee talk. But they're um, given a certain amount of money when they come to the U.S. and it acts as a loan. So they can build credit. So they come into the U.S. that cover and their plane tickets included in that. They're applying Mm -hmm. for um, refugee status from another country. Mm -hmm. So in Syria, they went to Germany and now they're applying to come to the U.S. An asylum shows up here, but it's the same thing. They're facing oppression, basically, um, on who they are as a person. It can be because of their sexual orientation, their religion. And, like, in Syria, their government is just oppressing their own people. Um, So just being a Syrian, So this doesn't really apply to people that that get caught and say they're seeking asylum. Right. This is just people who are, like, pre- Right. They have, have like, we know they're coming on a plane. And we're... The organization you work with pays for it and does a loan and stuff? No, that's the federal government. And then the federal government has um, grants that they give two different world relief is just one of many um that they pay to help them find everything they need within 90 days so yeah but it's only 22,000 million instead of 140,000 million yes yes that's that's crazy Yeah. yeah and they're getting that's all around the um country so that's significant numbers being cut down in atlanta where I'll be. Um, so that's what I'll be doing in cool. the spring. I don't know if that really answers your question about my career. Um, so is that really an internship? It is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did you hiccup in the middle of that? An internship? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Shelby. It is, it's an internship. Thank I'll you. take you seriously. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> um, and then after that, I graduate and go find a job and... It won't be there because no. uh, obviously they they've had to fire seventy five percent of their staff uh, or yeah. let go yeah. because funding got There's cut no so much. So yeah. they they only have intern workers. <laughs> <laughs> no, they have me. They'll yeah. have me. Like that for seventy five percent of the. Yeah, it's well, it won't be as much though because there's not as many refugees, right. and they're they're extending some of the work they do beyond the ninety days. So like. And they also have to find a job within that period of time. Yeah. Um, so now they're doing ESL classes and stuff like that. So that's something Ooh. I'm excited about because I'm kind of more interested in the like Im- immigration side of like a true migrant as opposed yeah. to a refugee or asylee. Either way, it's fascinating. Um, and I would love a job with anything around that. Yeah. Um, I don't know what I could do. But I just so many things. So many. Th- I just you know good work. That's yeah. what I do. I try to do good work and help people 
wherever they need like extra hands. Yeah. You should go to law school. Mm, I already have a lot of debt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start chiseling away at that. Right. Become a lawyer. <sighs> Are mm. you, you going to be able to use, um, like, you're almost fluent in Spanish or, like... I would like to use I, that. Yeah, because you're talking about ESL classes and everything. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if it's a true ESL class, you probably should only speak English. Right, and a of lot course, of these people but... are actually from countries I've literally never heard of. Mm. Like, I've never, I had never heard of Eritrea, but yeah. it's like being, um, like, oppressed by Ethiopia. It's on the Horn of Africa. There's a lot of small countries that have horrible things happening. Yeah. That, well, yeah. you know, you have like, I've heard of Yemen and Myanmar. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, Burma is the old name. Yeah. Or the new, the old name. It's the old. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but like, they're small. You don't meet people from there. And Clarkston is a really cool, it's in Atlanta, but it's like one square mile and it has 63 different nationalities Whoa. in it. That's crazy. That's cool. Yeah. So, um, let me tell you food around there i love that's my other like my first year my whole focus was food insecurity and even when i was doing graphic design my like senior project was about food insecurity what does that mean um it's basically like a lack of access to nutri like sustainably nutritious food um and so it mostly affects people in poverty um, this Publix here mm-hmm. ha- knocked out like a huge portion of the food desert in Birmingham. So yeah. another, mean? oh, like food desert. Yeah. yeah, yeah like no access. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or the only access to food is through like, um, gas stations and yeah, convenience stores. Is it's really expensive and it's packaged food, not fresh. Right. Did you hear we're getting an organic shop? Organic market. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, second, third, right third, second, third, second. Third. So it's a, like food and culture kind of overlap in that. Oh, but I went to Ecuador this summer and there are a ton of like Venezuelan refugees um, and just like getting to talk to them. And that's how I that's how I got to be more fluent in Spanish mm-hmm. was just studying there. Um, and that kind of like ignited the passion. And it's interesting because I already had this internship set up and then to go there and to kind of like get that like a merch yeah yeah and um and i just had time to kind of walk around and there was one cafe like there was a main road in the city i was in that you could see tons of venezuelan um venezuelans there and people knew it was like churros and limes they were like if somebody's selling churros or limes they're venezuelan i don't know why and they would have like tubs of things like some people would sell like hamburgers like just like cooked people in ecuador were not opposed to just buying street food from people they didn't know but it was also a really small city and like you knew a lot it was like a paradise honestly um and so all these shops on this one road would hire these venezuelans because they i mean they work so hard and there's just like a gratitude of just being able to work in one coffee shop i would go to especially like the owner prioritized hiring venezuelan so that they could make some money and a lot of them were sending everything they could back home in like or buying things like medications like one man he they they, a lot of them came on foot and so he was preparing to walk 
back to <laughs> to Venezuela to the border because once he returned he would wouldn't be able to get up but he was going to meet his mom with her prescriptions uh, and he was like it'll take me a month because it takes like a full like 48 hours to get through the border like there's a physical line of people yeah. standing and I think um, 5,000 people come into Venice or into Colombia from Venezuela every day wow. 4,000 return doing that you know like meeting a family member getting funding or um, money or wow. medication and then they go back over but it's crazy Dang. yeah I'm just full I just finished writing all these fun papers so I am <laughs> this is my brain it's interesting it's things you don't yeah. hear I mean you, you hear about like refugees you hear about things but you don't know the mm-hmm. details like that yeah and I didn't know like what what is a refugee what is an asylee like what what are legal things that you know what's an illegal immigrant what's an undocumented immigrant they're the same thing mm. but like <laughs> you know like what are these like words and what does that mean and yeah. like how, how are like are they taking jobs can't like what is this what do the numbers look like is everybody trying to come to the US they're not not a yeah. not but <laughs> Um, especially right now. Yeah. Well, like I think maybe of all these crises, maybe like a 10th of people affected try to come to the, U- they go to their neighboring countries. Right. right. It makes sense. Yeah. They're right there. Yeah. yeah. And they probably have a similar culture. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, that's, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what it says about me that you asked me about me and I talked about refugees, <laughs> but it just shows like what you're really passionate and interested in yeah and that's cool so i don't have like a job that i'll pro- i'll graduate and like be like this is the job i want but but you ha- think dealing with something in that world or yeah. even just like i've learned just through working so many crappy jobs like that's how i ended up with this internship was i told my professor i just want to see good work like i just mm. want to see a company or a organization that does what they do excellently because I want to be able to go into an interview of something that may be more in line with what I'm passionate about and know what that culture looks like, like know what to look for. Because I think we could all say that we've had jobs that may have, we may have loved the idea of it. And then we got there and like your boss was mean or something and it ruins your life. Like it ruins when you go home and go to bed and you've had jobs that are just simple things that you never thought you would like love and just walking into work yeah. and enjoying being there has such a huge impact mm-hmm. on yeah. what you do. Or for Martha Allen, walking, not walking into work and not <laughs> seeing people. Never seeing any humans <laughs> ever. What a dream. <laughs> it actually, it's amazing. If for it's me. you. If for it's me, you. Yeah. It does. So, yeah, that's kind of anybody hiring. I'm open to going anywhere or staying here. I I've I'm when I move back to Birmingham, um, I guess I should say, like having left and saying I'm never coming back and never going to be one of those people. We can segue into a mistake. A mistake was that, <laughs> like having that mindset. And I think a lot of people come to especially Birmingham or like move home with that mindset and um you just I, maybe i like my brain developed another level i turned 25 my frontal lobe was like fully there or something <laughs> but i was just like you know you can just decide to like where you are 
Yeah. yeah. Like you That's can just, good. and it doesn't mean you're there for it. Like yeah. being happy where you are yeah. doesn't mean that you're apathetic. Right. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you are done with growth and like you're never changing. Like I just said, you know what, wherever I go, like I'm just going to choose to enjoy it fully and not make myself miserable it's completely a choice and i feel like too many people are so focused on what they're missing out on or what they could be doing or where they could be Mm -hmm. and it's just you are here for this season so make Mm -hmm. the best of what it is or you're afraid if you're happy you are stuck yeah or you'll get stuck which i think the only like it's so beneficial to be happy in the place where you are, whether you love it or like mm-hmm. truly love it or not. Like you're not going to get stuck at, if anything, I think it will open another door mm-hmm. or encourage you to move further in your career. Or it will, if you're in a good state of mind, more things will come mm-hmm. that are advancing. Yeah. And I feel like if you're just pissy and your attitude sucks then like no one's gonna want to offer you anything Mm -hmm. no one's gonna want to be like your friend or want to move with you somewhere or go on an adventure or whatever like then you will be stuck people see that doors open when you have a good attitude (laughs) just like when you're a pleasant person to be around it's like we'll figure out you'll figure out everything in between but i like being around you yeah i feel like that's honestly 50% of how I've like literally been able to pay my bills is just being nice to a person. They're like, okay, I'll give you work. And I think that I've built more relationships or I've gotten more work because I've built relationships with people than just because of a skill that I have. Yeah. And I think that that's something that a lot of people don't really think. They think if I'm just good at my work and I get it done. Yeah. That speaks a lot about you, but it's really important to be able to communicate with people and to talk to people. And like, if you have a pleasant attitude, then people are going to like you more. Yeah. A hundred percent. agree. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that's my business and personal life <laughs> <laughs> mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Just summed it all. I mean, I have notes of tons of mistakes, but <laughs> even like, um, me, so me and Martha Ellen, I feel like we got to be, know each other a little bit better even though it was just for like a day when um, I was in Prague. Yes. Um, for, I was there for three months interning and that was like was a, for 17 days visiting. Yeah. But you were <laughs> like, you had come from Africa. Like you yeah. were going other places. Yeah. I was on a big trip for two months. Yeah. So, um, our friend Jackson just told me, he was like, <laughs> I know, <laughs> message Martha Allen right now. I'm like, I don't know where that went. We just I know, did and then I, he's like, here's Sarah's number. <laughs> and you messaged me and it was great. And I like went I invited out to you dinner. To my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> and it like connected me with a church in Prague. And that was like the beginning of my time there. So that was like super meaningful, but I hated it oh. there. I hate, I love Prague, the city, but I hated my internship and I should have known that's another mistake. I should have, which, I mean, it was like right before my last semester of my senior year, but I was like, this specific design job that is rare in it making me sit behind a computer for eight hours a day and <laughs> sitting inside, oh man, I worked with all men and they just sat silently all day long and I just was like. <sighs> like I couldn't wait till the end of the day because the French guy that I worked with, like we would exchange um, phrases 
Like I would teach him an English phrase <laughs> and he would teach me a French phrase. And I was like, talking. This is talking. I love talking. <laughs> um, yeah, that should have been a big clue. And then my roommate like gave our keys to her Czech boyfriend and he like kicked our landlord out of the apartment. Pretty sure he stole my iPad because I did not come home with an iPad and I couldn't oh. find it when I was packing. But I went home early. But yeah, that was... I think that was like the beginning of a pattern in my life of like bailing on things when they when I got uncomfortable. <laughs> but I got over it. I grew up, I think. I think I got you over it. You turned 25 and your frontal lobe developed. Yep. That's what happened. That's, what That's happened. all it was. It wasn't any kind of thinking or Mm-mm. life trials or perseverance. <laughs> nope. <laughs> practicing. It was just I woke up on my 25th birthday. Mm-hmm. And my brain was fully developed. <laughs> Everything nice. is better. That's all you need. Yeah. That's it. Just general mistakes that I've made. I think um, this maybe this will build up to something funny. <laughs> but, like, I am still continuously getting over the, like, just because you're older doesn't mean you're wiser. Mm. So, like, I would take advice just crappy advice from people. And, they, and like, I think as a 27-year-old, I'm finally, like, I'll talk to kind of like what we just cut out of the podcast of like you, you talk to older people and you're like, I don't think you have it all figured out. Yeah. Like, I don't think that I think I might be a little more yeah. mentally healthy than well, you. I think that there's like a moment where you realize like literally that moment, but it's like when you look at your parents or when you look at people that you've always like respected mm-hmm. a lot and you're like, wow, like, we are both capable of making, we have all of the things in front of us to make this decision and we're going to make a different decision. Mm-hmm. Like, and we both like are completely mature enough to do this. And it's like, I, it's like the moment when you start seeing your parents as peers or something like that. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, we are both capable of being adults. And that's always like mm-hmm. this really bizarre thing, which I mean, it's been multiple years for me, but yeah. And that happens in different stages too. Like I'm having that happen with my mom, not necessarily seeing my mom as my peer, but seeing my mom's like, it sounds really harsh, not failures as a mother, but just like definitely some of the things that have stuck with me that she did that weren't great. And having to like learn grace with that and being Mm -hmm. like, well, why am I so gracious with my dad? I was like, oh, because I found his like drug stash when I was 16. (laughs) And like, I have had to grapple with my dad's like humanity. Right. For much longer. For a long time. And like realizing I like, I think a lot of people go from thinking their parents are dumb to thinking their parents are smart. And I go from thinking my parents are literally (laughs) the smartest people in the whole planet because they're geniuses. They're both geniuses. But also, like, um, not emotionally. <laughs> like, not emotional <laughs> geniuses. And um, so, yeah, like, kind of coming to... And my mom, some of her opinions are, like, based out of some of the misconceptions that, like, I'm currently learning in class. Or, like, mm-hmm. and this is when Ronald Reagan said this thing that was, like, based out of nothing. And yeah. the whole mm-hmm. country decided that that's how, like, what we believe is fact now. Right. Wow. So, that is... I mean, I wouldn't say my parents are the primary people that have taught me, like, just because you're, because my parents do know a lot and they're very Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mine do. I call them for advice. I call my dad for advice 
on health insurance stuff yesterday. Oh man, that's like a whole just beast. like a, a second set of eyes more so because I feel like I've dealt with it a couple years. Well, I now, just listened but. to a podcast. There's a whole podcast called Arm and a Leg about health insurance and how like nobody makes the right decision with yeah, it. Yeah, like more. literally nobody. Even, like, experts. I'm thinking about changing my health insurance mm-hmm. right now. I mean, you should listen to this podcast. It'll only make you feel like you will only make a bad decision. But at least it's better than knowing that there's a right one. Because there's <laughs> not. <Yeah>. There are <laughs> no right They're decisions. They're all made to screw you. <laughs> yep. You're going to pay money somehow. Over Thanksgiving, I was making <laughs> pies, I think. I had the genius idea of since I only had one KitchenAid bowl and I didn't want to like dirty it that I could just hold. I didn't want to get the hand mixer. (laughs) I've totally done this before. It doesn't work out very well. No, I definitely like got my thumb mixed. (laughs) I held a bowl under the like stirring. Like not a KitchenAid one. Yeah, Uh, it wasn't locked in at all. Uh, and you then don't I like how forceful those things oh are until man. you're holding a bowl and you're like, what did I do? And then I went to turn it off and I turned it on more. And I thought I was gonna cry. Like I had mo and I had just like made so much food and like done such a good job. And my dad was so proud. And then I do this, and he was just like, <laughs> those are moments where my dad is like, you have no common sense at all. I'm like, That's what I've been no, to it tell was you founded in. Like some sense, there was like, some logic, yeah, but it was it's flawed. Like, I'm trying to, yeah. So to all you Be listeners innovative. out there, don't do that. You yeah. can't just hold a Use different a bowl KitchenAid under a KitchenAid stand, and and it will mix. It won't. You'll end up getting your thumb pinched <laughs> in the KitchenAid mixer. Ow. This is a weird pumpkin pie. It came out of like joy of cooking. 1932 or something cool. and he was like i'll just whip the egg whites for you i don't know why you need egg whites for this for a pumpkin pie it was almost like a mousse interesting it was interesting did it taste good it it was good but it had they told me to put the juice of a whole lemon in it mm. and i think that they were thinking not one of I mean, obviously not one Your of my lemons. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Obvious. I went with a key lime, but it was really ripe and really juicy, so it ended up being like a ton of juice. And I'm like, exactly. I needed. I forgot to put notes in the book. Mm-hmm. I meant to put post it and be like, hint of yeah. Okay, add like a add cayenne pepper. Yeah. Add cayenne okay, pepper well, and add just a hint of lemon. Sarah's lemons. <laughs> first of all, her. Your dad and your granddad like always like grew stuff. Mainly granddad. Mm-hmm. Had- my granddad had citrus, and my dad has more like tropical fruits. Yeah. Well, and avocados. Which you I guess posted are this picture, which I think you should probably send to us, of a lemon that is legitimately larger than my head. Mm-hmm. It's like actually terrifying. <laughs> this is my grandpa's like favorite thing to show people too. And I would always bring one back from Thanksgiving or for yeah, after Thanksgiving break and be like, this is a lemon. This people, is a lemon. People love so it. So is your dad's stuff, some of your dad's stuff in like a supermarket? Um the like so he manages a sugar mill or the like land that a bunch of different farmers own and he makes sure that the sugar grows and is harvested and that becomes domino sugar it's like one of the many sugars but dandy 
fresh produce, which has celery here, <laughs> full circle. Um, they they're in grocery stores here, and they're from where I grew up. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, it was a very like we don't have we don't talk about feelings like my family. At one point, I bought a ring. I bought a garnet ring in Prague because that's a big thing, and it was sized for my right hand, and I it fit on my left hand better. And my dad asked me. He was like, "Is there a reason why you're wearing a ring on your on your left ring finger?" And I was like, "Dad, I would tell you if I was engaged." And he's like. I just don't know sometimes. And that's literally our relationship <laughs> with relationships. It's like we don't talk about uh, them. Like we don't. We we just. I'm like I'll give you any serious updates. Like if we're planning a wedding. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Oh, one funny thing was when I first got to Ecuador. I had like. So I left for Ecuador a week after I finished this really dense faith um in social work class and i had a huge paper due like i wanted to do everything before i left and so i i had focused on writing this giant paper um about migration and faith policy and um not faith migration policy and faith and like the church's call towards welcoming strangers um so all that to say, I wasn't refreshing Spanish at mm. all. And like, so I show up in Ecuador and it's the middle of the night and this guy picks me up in a like arranged thing and takes me to the hotel. What does and, this um, mean? What? <laughs> what does An arranged mean? marriage. <laughs> Surprise! You didn't the, like, tell your dad. <laughs> yeah. The school arranged, um, they were like, you, we can make sure that you get here. Basically, they didn't care if you got back to the airport, but they made sure you got to the school. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, cool. Um, so I had, like, somebody take me to a hotel, and I walk in, and I'm, like, trying to speak Spanish. And she says, um, bienvenidos. And I said, bienvenidos. And she was like, English? It's like, <laughs> okay, yeah. And so she started talking to me in English, and she was asking me what I was there for. This is the lady at the front desk. And at the end, she was like, so just so you know, you just, I said welcome to you, and you said welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I got in the elevator, and I was just like bright red. I was like, this is going to be a long two months. Like, so, And oh my gosh, the whole first week, I felt so... Just so dumb. I just felt so dumb and so frustrated. And, like, my house mom was asking me if I had allergies. And it took, like, 20 minutes because she was just, like, I don't, I know these words. And I just – it was gone out of my head. Like, it's not mm. – I was, like, why do you keep saying shrimp? <laughs> 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 like, she was giving examples of allergies. And I'm just, like, I don't know, Lourdes. <laughs> like – can I just put my suitcase down real quick? <laughs> uh, which I guess if you're making lunch, you should probably know any major allergies beforehand. Yeah. So yeah. that's my hot tip if you're traveling. Know your allergies in that language. Smart. <laughs> yeah. Especially if they're food allergies. Mm. I still don't know scallop. Scallops in Spanish. I look, you're I had allergic it on, to them? Yeah, just scallops. No other shellfish. They're so good. Just oh. scallops. Well, that's what everybody says. And, you know, you don't it's not die. like a decision <laughs> I made. <laughs> it's not a death thing. It's just like a, like a knife. I know what it feels like to be mm. stabbed. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, it was, it's not great. And it was a developed allergy. I, ha- I didn't have it till I was like 18. So I know what scallops taste like. It's great. Well, do you have any plugs? Like, do you have, I know that this is kind of a weird question, but do you have any like websites or anything or like the organization that you're going to work for or any thing that you've been like, this is a really good resource? Well, I'm going to work for World Relief. Mm-hmm. So you can always sign up for their like newsletters if you're interested in knowing what's going on with refugees specifically um my instagram has nothing to do with anything in my <laughs> life other than my dog but it's se shine so cute and most people just say sea shine but it, if you that's not how you spell the word sea <laughs> um and i think oh in this is really far away but on march 4th we're doing like a um an action panel around the subject of refugee and immigration refugees and immigration in general in um in Birmingham specific to Birmingham at uh Samford and mm. I can share that those logistics like closer to the date if anybody cares about the subject but it's basically like a panel will be there and um we'll be talking about kind of some misconceptions around it and like talking about some data that you know what what are the facts and what are some definitions and then what can we like what can you do and I um I would really like it to specifically be practical like because I think we've all gone to talks where people say a lot of stuff and you're fired up and you're passionate and you feel educated um and two main things that I would like personally like to have it focus on is a having like some easy information you like a pamphlet you can take Mm. so you do have um like written down that those those words and that data so you don't go and say it to somebody and feel like um uh I heard this but I don't like fully know where it came from and like somebody shoots you down in an argument and you feel silly um and also like, I know some people are more resourced with time and some people are more resource resource with money and mm-hmm. some people have, like, neither, like me. And, <laughs> and um, so just having different options for, like, if people want to be a part of organizing and show up at something, then, like, here's who you can connect to. If somebody just wants to write a letter to their representative, here's that option. So um, I think it would be cool. Yeah. yeah. I like it. That's about it. That's about... I mean, hire me. I'm free in May. (laughs) Um, But not free. Yeah, right. I'm not free. Uh, Pay me. (laughs) And I I do great work. (laughs) I can do... If if this has told anybody anything, it's that I've had a lot of weird, 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 random jobs. Mm -hmm. I can just come in and I'll figure it out. I'll do good work. That's right. She said, I'll figure it out. I can figure it out. That's all. That's all I've learned is how to figure it out. It'll be fine. That's a good skill to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been told in so many things. My key trait is flexibility. Mm. Not in yoga class. I've been told that, but a <laughs> 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 <At> jobs. <laughs> you know, that counts. Yeah, different, yeah. different type on of it. flexibility. If I, I just need to show up to yoga class. Oh yeah, that's the first step. Well, you know what. You're dressed for it. You're halfway I there. I had full plans to go, and then I started watching this movie on Netflix, and I 
been waiting for it to come out and uh, what movie? Dumplin. Oh. Dolly Parton did the whole soundtrack. Oh. And it's it's cute. It's just a cute movie. It has this Jennifer like, Aniston. I'm not watching that. Watch <laughs> it. I cried a little. That's kind of why I was late. Besides parking, <laughs> I needed to know parking who won the so. beauty pageant. Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's my real plug. Uh, watch Dumplin. Great soundtrack. Um, there's like some remixes to some Dolly Parton classics and mm. that's all I got for you. Like well, well, thanks for being on. Yeah. Thanks for show. being thanks on. Yeah. I talked a lot. How was the bed? Great. I mean, my dog, my bed has dog hair too. So it felt like home. That's good. That's good. That's the goal. That's mm-hmm. all we want. Oh. But you to feel comfortable. Bye. Right. Bye. 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 Thanks for being on the show, Sarah. <laughs> I do what I can. Uh, this is a mistake. Um, do you have any mistakes? <laughs> 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 <laughs>